Hello, and welcome to Two Pews in a Pod. Join us as we explore faith in a modern world with the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Paul Baglios and Pastor Ginger Bennett. Hello, I'm Ginger Bennett. And I'm Paul Baglios. And welcome to another episode, episode two of our five-part series on preaching. Last time, we started with a very basic question. You had asked, what is a sermon? Yeah. And we're going to ask some other basic but important questions. (laughs) I'm going to ask you Uh first, what do you most love about preaching? That is a very good question. You know, there are, to me, there are so many things to love about preaching. I mean, what a wonderful invitation to, uh, for me, pray the scriptures, right? To prayerfully enter into that space and to really um, be invited in to hear um, God speaking and to um Consider not just what it means for me, but to also have the ability to think about what does it mean for the people in the congregation? What does it mean for our community? These words that we read, what does it mean for us right now at this time in the world? And I think that's a gift. Not everybody, um, I think, of course, we can all read the Bible in that way, but not everyone is asked those questions and and really take the time to set themselves apart and to just be with the scriptures in those ways and then are able to prayerfully write down the ways they hear God calling and inviting us into uh, into the word. So it sounds like you very much enjoy preparing to preach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push and and be completely focused here. (laughs) In the act of preaching. Ah, the act of preaching. What do you most enjoy? Well, you know, the act of preaching is, it's wonderful to um, get up and then to share the excitement of the wonderful things that I had found in Scripture, the the places I hear God inviting us in anew. To be able to share that then with the people um, who I prayerfully considered when Mm. I was reading those scriptures, right? To share that message with them. And hopefully, I don't get too excited, right? But hopefully, it is that excitement that comes forth and also serves as an invitation for them to hear that good news uh, proclaimed. I, I just... Yeah, I enjoy sharing uh, that message that I hear coming through the preparation um, with the people in that space, in that time. I love that we're all gathered together. Um, Now, there are people who watch online and participate online, but I love that there are people who take time out of their day um, to sit and worship God or stand, or sit and stand both, but to worship God, but then also to listen to scripture being read and then to consider prayerfully um, what it is that is being proclaimed. I, I think that's a wonderful, exciting piece. Mm. 
The question I want to ask next is one <laughs> that I don't think we often ask ourselves. A large part of our, of our culture, and especially a large part of Christianity mm. in, in the United States, I think is sometimes guilty of a almost, almost blasphemous mm. humility. Wow, okay. So I'm going to ask, um, without couching any of this in a near blasphemous <laughs> humility, what do you do best as a preacher? What do you consider you do best? Well, I hope what I do best, <laughs> how about I say it that way? <laughs> I hope what I do best is to invite people in, to raise their curiosity. I mean, I love it when someone says, you know, I'm going to go read that scripture again. Mm. I've never considered mm. it from that way. Or, you know, I was really going through something really difficult in my life right now, and I felt this push-pull going on. And the scripture, I didn't realize, really related to that so specifically. And um, they hear the word of God through that. And so it is my hope that through the prayerful consideration and through the, um, the preaching itself, that I'm able to connect people in that wonderful way. And, and uh, so that's my hope. I, I believe that it happens. I mean, people have said that to me. So I'd like to believe that, that folks hear the word of God proclaimed. They, they hear that invitation of how mm. God is working in their own lives. So, What most humbles you as a preacher? Oh, that's a little bit more of a challenging yeah. question, right? I think the the thing that I would point to is the the realization that God has called me to this. Among all the differing things and the different ways God could uh, use my gifts and my talents, God's called me to this moment, to this place. And um, there is that remembrance that it can't be about me. It has to be mm. about God, and it has to be about God's Word for these people. So for me, it's that humbling reminder that my ego doesn't matter. My opinion and my belief system that I may have had, you know, before I sat down with those scriptures and began reading and researching. I mean, the most difficult thing can be when you know what you think and you read the scriptures with that in mind and all of a sudden you realize, yeah. oh, no, that's not actually... Yeah where God was going with this, if you read it in context or whatever. And so that's very humbling to re be reminded that no matter how many times we have looked at these scriptures, God is still working anew and afresh each time we look at them. And it's not about me and what, mm. what I may want or believe mm -hmm. or whatever. It's really about what God has set for us in such a time as mm. this. So so okay, you've asked me some questions. Yep. I want to. I want to pose we're out of these. Time now. Um. <laughs> Good try. No, but I want to pose these questions to you, Paul. What is it that you love about preaching? Well, I'm going to say first of all, you know, you and I didn't. We didn't sit and go over this. No, we, we talked didn't. about the questions we wanted to ask. I'm surprised. Um, 
how very similar my answers to these questions are with yours, oh, or at least how closely they would align. That's wonderful. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't respond in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. If you did, but, I'd call you a copy. Uh, but, <laughs> but I, again, I hear um, great complementarity in mm-hmm. how we think about these things. So that first question, right. what do I love about preaching? My response as yours would begin by referring to scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I've said this in your hearing. I mm-hmm. may have talked about this with you, but one of the ways I think about the role of a preacher mm-hmm. in preaching is similar to a docent who mm-hmm. might welcome people um, to explore and investigate a historical or a cultural site of right. interest. Part of what a good docent will do right. is help those who have gathered to notice mm-hmm. what they might otherwise not pay any particular attention to. Right. And to appreciate, perhaps to understand more deeply the significance of, of what they're being called to notice. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I think of a preacher, and this isn't the only way I think of it, but I think of a preacher as a docent of Scripture, mm-hmm. inviting the That's people me. who are there um, to come into the space to come into the world mm-hmm. of the text right and to notice and perhaps to appreciate and understand what they might not have noticed right. or understood or appreciated in the same way mhm mhm um, yeah you know i think that that's um that's a gift right that we have in doing that so as you feel invited into that gift um what do you think that maybe that you do that you enjoy the best about or, or ways that you would say that you, you do the best with preaching? So it would, my response to that question would be a continuation of what right. I've just said. What I love about preaching is serving in that role of the docent of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think I do best is to help people hear and see mm-hmm. what is presented in a biblical text, what is disclosed mm-hmm. in a biblical text, um, to give them an angle of hearing or seeing that they might not otherwise have had. Right. Um, I think, and I'll I'll use your language because um, I'm not I'm not immune from the disease of blasphemous <laughs> <laughs> humility. Um, I like to think, I hope that I that others experience that I do this well. Right. I experience myself as having gifts and strengths and abilities in that way, and I think I do that well mm-hmm. in preaching. So so then. You know, that's what you love about. That's where you hope that you are doing well and that you invite people in. So what do you find humbling then? This is related to what I had said in 
our previous episode in this series. What humbles me in preaching Mm -hmm. is my sense of responsibility to Mm. put my words Mm. and my voice in the service of God's word and God's voice. Mm -hmm. As I said in the last episode, yes, people are hearing me. They're hearing my words, Mm -hmm. but I'm always hoping that through that, Mm -hmm. they are hearing God. Right. And what is humbling to me in preaching is my own awareness Mm -hmm. of how easy it would be. You, You talked about... The, the preacher's ego, mm-hmm. how easy it would be for me to um, pay more attention to my words <laughs> than to God's word, or right. at worst, to want to substitute my words for God's word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have often heard preaching where I'm not sure... It's God's word I'm hearing, but I know I'm hearing the <laughs> opinions of the preacher. Right, right. Um, and this is humbling because mm-hmm. we are never, we are never free from the challenge right. to to put ourselves right. in the service of God's word. There's no mm-hmm. way we do that without our words, True. without yeah. our voice. But it is humbling to me to be mindful of that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Nobody who would ever hear me is going to be given any good gift simply right. by hearing my opinions. The gospel according to Paul Baglio. Right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no gospel according to Paul Baglios because it would be life-giving to no one. <laughs> well, you know, as we talk about, you know, this um, responsibility and, and, and everything, I guess I keep thinking about, you mentioned um, the temptations there and such, and I, I think there is, um, it's often called proof texting where you have mm. an idea in your mind and then you go and you look for the scriptures that prove you right. Right. And I think that is a that is always a challenge for pastors, right? Is to honestly, every time we go to scripture, put aside everything we think we know and then ask God afresh, you know, mm-hmm. what is your word for these people in this time? And that's not easy to do. It isn't easy to do. And I have had also the experience that you mentioned of coming again to a text of scripture that I've come to many times Mm -hmm. in the past, but, and I always think I hear and see, I I see it anew, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it is so anew that I come to the realization I've never really seen it before. Isn't that an amazing feeling? It is. And that can be very humbling. Oh, yes. One of the reasons that I am grateful for the church's gift of a lectionary is Mm -hmm. that we work with passages that have been appointed and scheduled for the worship of God's people independent of any of us as individual preachers. Right. I joke with people, if it were always my job to pick 
the preaching text. We'd never get out of 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Good thing we don't rely on you. <laughs> for right. Well, well, and you mentioned the lectionary, so I want to unpack that a little bit more. So for us, often when we come to Scripture, we aren't choosing, because we are right. lectionary preachers, we're not choosing what scriptures are we going to jump into this week? What am I feeling? What's the vibe I'm getting from the congregation or the people? It's that a group of folks from differing denominations, I believe, Mm -hmm. sat down and they looked at the scriptures, they put them on a three-year cycle, and you get uh, each week you get an Old Testament, a psalm, an epistle, which is a letter um, to the early church, and then also a gospel reading. And so there's so much to Mm -hmm. work with. And often they do follow the theme of a season. So in Advent, uh, as you head up towards Christmas, you'll have a grouping of scripture that often takes you on that journey. And so I think that's... And then sometimes, especially during those summer months, we're like how did I end up with five Sundays yeah. talking about bread, right? Yep. Um, but it's it's that invitation to look anew at Scripture that, that, that you're talking about that I think is so wonderful. I want to come back for a moment to that question about what humbles yes. us as preachers. And I have an example in mind. So I'm going to answer my own question before oh, okay. I ask you. Okay, okay. Um, I'll take notes. <laughs> yeah, well, just so that you understand, I'm, sure. I'm in this with you. The question related to what humbles us as preachers. Sure. When have you ever experienced your own preaching to have badly misfired? <laughs> and one of the examples I think of in my own experience, this was some years ago, not at Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Frederick. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, I was supplying... Okay. And I don't even remember the congregation, um, which congregation or the location that sure. it was, but I remember the day. And the gospel text was one of those in which Jesus gives the gift of hearing okay. to a person mm-hmm. who had been deaf. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was very careful, very sensitive, very intentional Mm -hmm. in my preparation and in preaching. I've had quite a bit of pastoral experience with people of the deaf community. Okay. But after that worship service, there was a person who came up to me, and they were obviously irate. Not just upset. They were angry. Wow, okay. And this person said, you have just told all deaf people they are going to hell. Oh, my. Which, in point of fact, I had not. I've (laughs) I've never said in a sermon, anyone is going to hell. But something that she had heard. Right, right. The way she had heard my preaching. Sure. This is what she believed. Uh I had said, and it's humbling to me to realize once the words are out of our mouths, it's up to the spirit how they will land in the ears and on the hearts of the hearers. How about you, an occasion that your preaching has badly misfired? (laughs) Well, um, you know... Of course, I've never. No, I'm 
give it time, sister. <laughs> no, I'm joking. So it's kind of funny. Often as pastors, um, we may go back and look in the past to see, oh. what did I preach at this point three years ago or six years ago or whatever? And then... You know, use that as a jumping place, maybe, um, to approach Scripture. And so I had um, preached, um, and I'm thinking that this actually was before seminary, right? This was before seminary. I had been invited to preach um, in this place, and I don't remember what the context was, but um, I worked as a student pastor a long time ago when I was younger, and meaning that I was a student going to school, who was considering was I called to be a pastor. And so um, I had um, preached, and I'm trying to think of which of the Bible stories it was. Um, I, I believe it was on the 23rd Psalm, okay? And I had this image in my mind of the 23rd Psalm being, um, you know, th- these rolling hills that we often see with um, little sheep and a shepherd with his nice crook, right? And um, that's the image that I had. And then I went to Israel and to the Holy Land, and I saw what that place really looked like, right? And and through my seminary experience and then listening to other pastors, I, I got to hear a little bit more about really, how is this good news to people who are struggling, right? Mm. Because this is a barren area, and there really is, between two large mountain areas, there's this little um, path that people used to traverse so they didn't have to go up through the mountains, and it never came comes out of the shadows. It is always, and that's where people would rob you and that sort of thing. So it is physically, you know, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And and then what is the good news in that? And and it's not that that God gives this to me and I look at my enemies and say, ha ha, ha you don't have and I have and I've been taken care of. But but God spreads this table before us. And it's that really that open welcome in such a different way than I had imagined, Mm. right? And so the experience of seminary, but also seeing that place for myself reminded me that, yeah, I had... It's so easy to take the Bible and to think it's in the United Mm. States in our understanding in this place. So, yeah. So the episode next will have to do with what did we learn in seminary Ah, about preaching and how well, did that impact segue. us? Yes, that was perfect. So thank you. And thank you for joining us again in this podcast. I am Paul Baglios. And I'm Ginger Bennett. This has been Two Pews in a Pod, a podcast led by the pastors of Evangelical Lutheran Church in Frederick, Maryland. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.